the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the Thursday edition, the date day show. That means Paula is live in studio with me. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, whatever's on your heart. Remember, Paula's here, so she will give you some insight. All you need to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and everything else is hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer and we look forward to your calls. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's up? Yeah, let me think. Jesus is coming, and will he find faith on the earth, and will he find faith on the earth in you? What I was thinking about today is don't waste your life hiding behind your perceived shortcomings, failures, or fears. And I was reading Romans 12, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 8. For I say, through the grace that was given me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But so to think as to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to each man a measure of faith. For even as we have many members in one body, and all the members have not the same office, so we, and this is from ASV, and I don't know why I have ASV. Let me see. I don't, no, in in the office, it doesn't let my iPad go to NIV. So I'm reading from ASV. Oh, it went. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, because it's been stuck on ASV when I'm in this office. I'm going to start over. Okay, why don't you do that? Thank you. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so that is, uh, in my Bible it says, you know, that um, italic, humble service and I have underlined, in the body of Christ. Um, And so some of you are not able to be here, but you can still be a part of the body. And we've been talking about prayer, Um, and last night's study was about prayer. So you can pray, but you can still serve. You can still um, 
teach, uh, if, if that was your gift. You can still encourage, uh, you know, emails and texts, phone calls, all those things. You can still uh, pray for people uh, better by phone call than any other means. Um, you can still give. You can still show mercy. Um, and you can still be a source of great encouragement. And so the body, we're all so different, and I love that. I love the fact that we're no two are the same, um, even though some of us may look the same, even though some of us have the same gift, but we have um, the operations are all different. And ever since, uh, I, I keep going back to Natasha when she she teaches and she did the women's leadership devotion um, Tuesday at, at the house and she is just a cheerleader mm-hmm. and she's one of those kind of people and I told her this in front of everybody she's one of those people that you just want to be with you want to be with her because she's so full of joy and just a great encouragement she said that's her gift and she can't help it even <laughs> when she is um, sad um, she still has the focus on Jesus, and she's just seriously one of those people you want to be around. And so um, she she utilizes her gift in a great, great way. Um, and so for all of these, we all are different, um, but we all can be um, a source of strength and encouragement to the body. Yeah, Natasha, just for the audience, Natasha is one of our pastor's wives. And when the pastor's wives get together, um, they do a devotion. It was Natasha's turn to share. And I've told you, Paula, uh, I've officially anointed her as the nicest person in the world. Yeah. And just she just really She's just nice. And, and I mean, we, and we know a lot of really nice people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she's just like the nicest person mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, one, one other thing about this, this passage you read, uh, the root of this goes back to chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, Therefore, brethren, in view of God's mercy, I beseech you or I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And that's how the body works. Uh, we have one body, but when we offer it to the body at, at large, the body of Christ, then God puts them all together and does some pretty special thing. And you're using Natasha as an example. And uh, her uh, her gift is... Uh, encouraging and uplifting um, uh, people just feel better when she's around. Yeah, uh, and 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 that's a wonderful gift given to the body. Yeah, you know, there's there's some people who are just uh, kind of naturally down, um, where uh, they need somebody with the gift of encouragement to be around them, um, and so she's just one of those people, and I just absolutely love being in her presence. Um, but, you know, if your gift is serving, then serve. We have some people who just, that's just what they do. The whole family just serves. You know, just a minute ago, you know, the kids are lined up here from fifth and sixth grade waiting for their parents to be picked up. And so they're all squished up on one side of the wall with their feet kind of up because one of their classmates and her mom who serves here, they just serve. So she's doing all the vacuuming, you know, and... um She's not ashamed, you know. Nobody's saying, what are you doing? She's not saying, look at me. She just serves because that's what she was born to do. We have a lot of families just like that at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, and um, we are just so blessed. The the cleaning crew on Saturday morning are just like that. They just have so much fun. <laughs> they And it's just one of those things where they're the behind-the-scenes people, not like Crystal with all her classmates lined up against the wall, but these, this group is, they wake up. I think they go to bed on, on Friday night thinking, we get to go to the church tomorrow morning and clean the church before, <laughs> you know, every other Saturday, Pastor Alfredo's Bible study. And then every Saturday, it's going to be so nice and clean before the prayer team, the prayer uh, group gets here and for the pastor's discipleship class, and then, wow, some of them even come back and, and spruce up after all of that stuff, especially when we have the pastor's discipleship class, so that it'll be extra special for Sunday morning. And they just take such, not pride as far as, look what we did, but 
Thank you, Jesus, that yeah. I get to participate. Yeah, actually, nobody knows who they are. I mean, that's one of the great things. Right now in this building, we've got people cleaning in the other part of the building mm-hmm. uh, because they're waiting for me to get done here on the show at 5 o'clock mm-hmm. so they can come out and start vacuuming mm-hmm. in the sanctuary outside the door of my office. Yep. And it's just uh, uh, that's how a body works. And and it's not just Calvary Chapel. All churches have people like this. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. And the, the key is that we all belong to one another. Mm-hmm. And if we use our different gifts the way God's established, God can do some pretty spectacular things yeah. through each and every one of us. Yeah. You think about uh, doctors Peter and Sheba and the multi-medical staff. You know that's a calling. <laughs> I mean, our little tacky church. I mean, I love our church. Don't anybody else call my church tacky, but I could call my church church tacky. No. Um, but anyway. Hey, if the shoe fits. You know, um, <laughs> they could be making a lot of money in the world, but that's what it says earlier. Don't be um, conformed to the pattern of this world, you know, just doing medicine to make a buck for yourself and get your, you know, your big fancy house and however many cars you think you need, even though you got one or two drivers, you got three and four or five cars. Um and a boat and whatever else to go with that. No, no, no. They are here serving not just the body of Christ at Calvary Chapel San Antonio, because what, 10, maybe 15% of the patients they see come from here, and the rest of them, and a whole lot of them, don't even want anything to do with Jesus. And yet every day they get up saying, Lord, what about me? What about today? How can I serve you? How can I let People who hate you know that you love them. Yeah. You know, Paula, financially speaking, and just in this regard, regarding Dr. Peter, Dr. Sheba, and the others, they make the biggest sacrifice of, of all. Yeah. Because it's not just time. Um, they're, they're doing things that make no sense in this world. Uh, I mean, doctors make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, and because they make a lot of money, they... They, um, um, I mean, they deserve it. They're they're smart. They're gifted. Yep. They've studied a lot. Yep. Most of them have student loans. Yep. Those kind of things. But but um, uh, they've decided that that their time uh, is committed to the Lord. And believe me, working here for me, they don't make a lot of money. I mean, they get by. But but it's it's a huge sacrifice. That's what the body does, mm-hmm. and and they're using it in proportion to their faith. Uh, as Paul says, and and the the step of faith that they've taken is enormous. And has God ever truly blessed them? Yeah. Uh, abundantly so. Yeah, yeah. And I guess just, you know, you think about the angels long to look into these things. You know, you think, are the angels like scratching their head and then turning to the Lord and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, because this is all him, you know. This is all his doing, uh, that he put um, these gifts in each one of us, that he's given each of us a calling, that he's given of his Holy Spirit who leads and guides each one. And and then it's his job to really take care of us. Somebody was asking me, you know, I, God has just been so good to me. He's blessed me so much. I just don't deserve it. I, he should bless other people. You know, they have a bigger need. I was like, well, <laughs> he's pretty big. I, I, you know, when people say that, I don't understand that. God, you can bless me all you want to bless me. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I, I, I don't understand that. I truly don't understand that. And, and this idea that I'm getting more, God says, you've proven to be a good steward of my resources. So... Whatever it is, whether it's gift, it's money, it's it's other things, um, I can trust you with them. Yeah, and that's what the body of Christ needs to be about. Each of us individually, we need to be about using whatever it is that God has given us mm-hmm. for the benefit of others. And when we stop thinking about ourselves, in the passage you read, that we're told not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Um, um, the, the reality is, we shouldn't think of ourselves at all. We're servants. And Luke chapter 17 is that, that terrible passage of Scripture we ate where, where Jesus <laughs> tells in parable form what, what a servant really is all about. And, and that's the man or the woman who trusts God to provide for them and to fulfill their needs, their desires, their hearts. If we do that, 
then God is going to be able to trust us with things. And when that happens, we won't be able to, uh, uh, we won't find any complaints at all because God, we can't outgive him. Yeah. And it's not a gift to get, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Just talking about Dr. Peter and Dr. Sheba, mm-hmm. they never got into this. Um, th- their motive for medicine was never to get rich. Yeah. They love medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, I would I would say they're richer than any doctors I know. Yeah. Just because of what God allows them to be a part of. Yeah. And the Lord had put in their hearts long ago, way before they even came to Texas, that they wanted to be medical missionaries. But, you know, in your in our mind, we think of missionaries somewhere where you're not. You know, it's across the pond or it's in Africa or, in their case, India. And the Lord's like, well, you can, you can uh, make your plans, but... I determine your steps. And so sitting here one day listening to the, the vision, um, they kind of looked at each other and said, there's a mission field right here. Mm-hmm. And uh, aren't we the most blessed of people? You know, um, just thinking about when, when there's an emergency, we still, you and I, Pastor Ron has to make an appointment. But if an emergency comes up, we can call, and they do everything they can to to get us in, you know, to be seen right away. And what a, oh, thank you, you know. And it's like that for pretty much everybody here. If it's an emergency, they're going to do what they can do to help us out. Yeah, there's awesome. been, been a lot of medical emergencies, but that's just that's just one ministry, and, and it's two people plus the, the staff they have of, nurses and administrators and the people that do the work. Mm-hmm. But but the idea is we use the gifts that God has given us for his glory. And um, I, I think, I hope and pray that God is getting glory mm-hmm. from all of this. Oh, yeah. 340-9585, if you have any comments or questions that you have for Paula or for me, all you need to do is give us a call. You know, when we were, at, um, we were on vacation, our... You mean recently? Yeah. Okay, that's just a break. Yeah, that was our anniversary getaway. Yeah. Vacation has to be two weeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else is a break. Okay, we just a little break. Um, but we read the book, and that was, I was telling people when we got back, you know, they said, how was it? I was like, it was great. We got to read a whole book at a time, you know, without interruption or uh, the whole book of First Thessalonians we read first. And I bring that up because... Um, Ken, Pastor Ken and May have been reading First Thessalonians while we were away. And then on Tuesday when Natasha spoke, she says, First Thessalonians. I was like, oh, my goodness, the Lord is really trying to nail this home. And she did um, chapter one, you know, First Thessalonians. And she said, this reminds, us, reminds me of Calvary Chapel San Antonio, you know, where our labor is of love and um then she, you know, she kind of went into all the ministries as well. But if it is serving, then serve. We're serving. It's the Lord we're serving and not really other people. If it is teaching, that's your gift, Pastor Ron. Then teach. And we have a whole lot of of your whole pastoral staff. You know, that's another cool thing. When we're out of town, Calvary Chapel San Antonio is well taken care of. These These guys are great teachers. They love the word and they love the people. And so that's that's awesome. That's awesome. If it is to encourage, again, like my friend, our friend Natasha, then give encouragement. Um, you see people and a whole lot of hurting people have come to Calvary Chapel San Antonio. Um, and it's a, it's a real blessing to be able to sit with them and say, yeah, and like you were teaching last night, we can let the past hurts go because a whole lot of people come here holding on to those, and they need to let those go and move on. And so it's it's really kind of a cool thing. Last night's message was, I think, one of the most encouraging that, um, and there's been a lot over the years, but last night was one of those great encouraging messages where you started off saying it's God's desire to answer my prayer. And I made it very personal. Answer my prayers. And I wrote 
Could you went to verse 23 first of um, Daniel chapter 9. You, went, you only did 9 through 19, but you went to verse 23 right, right away. And I wrote myself a note. It says, Paula, you are highly esteemed by God. Jesus died for me. And so it doesn't matter how you feel. Um, and, you know, you went on saying um, prayer doesn't have to be long. God knows all things, and so don't get down, bogged down in emotionalism. Just talk to the Lord. And you know, I've been since we moved to the new house. I've been doing the the walk as well um, every day. And man, what a what a great time that is, where it's just me and Jesus. And um, yeah, I get to kind of pour out my heart to Him, and mm-hmm. He's so happy. Paul, do you think that one of the primary reasons? Many, many Christians don't pray. Um, and I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty because of their inadequate prayer life. But we don't pray because we don't really understand that um, um, the reason I opened verse 23 last night is is that like Daniel, we are all highly esteemed by God. Mm-hmm. And we don't think that. We don't we don't think much of ourselves. We, we focus on our shortcomings, on our failures. And um, the reality is that, that I think if we understood how highly favored we are, how highly esteemed we are as believers, um, that we would be eager to, to, to run into his presence. Yep. And I just think too often we simply don't have an understanding that, that we're highly favored by the Lord. Uh, and so we're sort of afraid of him, afraid of, well, what if he doesn't answer? What if this? God wants to answer our prayers. Mm-hmm. And if we really believe that, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be the prayingest people in the whole <laughs> world. I mean, it's just, it makes no sense to me that that, that people don't pray mm-hmm. uh, or that they struggle with prayer. Um, and I think it all stems from this one thing. They don't realize how highly esteemed we are by yeah. the Lord. Yeah. We we sing the song, you're a good, good father. Well, if he's a good, good father, um, then we wouldn't be afraid of him. You know, I, I, I often say to the Lord, don't let me just sing the words. Let me take those deep into my heart. And when I sing the words, know that you're the good, good father. You really mean it. And um, then I can live that out no matter how I feel or what's going on. Um, you, you gave us the, you know, I love lists, you know, so you gave us that list of the foundation for prayer is I think a lot of people, if they would just, like you're saying, the first one was recognize that God desires to forgive, to be merciful. And what you're saying is a lot of people don't realize that, you know, because we beat ourselves up over the things we've done, you know, uh, somebody was talking the other night and about they still struggle with this and they struggle with that. I said, girl, I got saved seven times, <laughs> you know, and because in my mind, I thought it just didn't take. And so I need, I, I, I guess I better really get saved, you know. Um, but no, we need to just keep short accounts and ask for forgiveness and then act forgiven. Move on. Jesus died on the cross for you. It doesn't matter how you feel. So, again, how I started out was Jesus is coming. Will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on, in you? Don't waste your life hiding behind your perceived shortcomings or your failures or your fears, whether they're coming from you being reminded, other people reminding you, or the devil himself. Um, one of my new favorite songs, and if I can remember, um, it's called I Am Loved. And in that, it says, um, there is no disappointment in your eyes. There is no shame. There is only pride. I am loved. And that's coming from Jesus, you know, talking about Jesus, I should say. There, there is no distance in your embrace. There is just love and grace. I am loved. Father, I'm loved by you. And so 
because I'm different than Natasha, but I have the same gift. I'm praying that you and the audience, you in this room, including myself, will be encouraged because the Lord is merciful and loves to forgive. That's my favorite thing about the Lord. He loves to forgive. Verse, I mean, the, the second one was to be very specific in confessing your sins. If your sin is private, confess privately, or if your sin is public, confess publicly. First um, John 1, 9, I love that. Uh, if you are faithful to confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you. And then my favorite part is, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if we will be very specific and not just, oh, if I, if I, if I, but Lord, no, I blew it. And um, I'll take the consequences. Well, there's a consequence. The hard break comes up. There you go. Paula, we got a couple questions that have come in for you uh, over our app, so we'll get to those in just a moment. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions, or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the Date Day Show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. We would love to have your input. Paula, here's a couple of questions that have come in for you, and I'll chime in on the second one. And um, uh, the first one is from AJ from our mobile app. Um, What has helped you over the years to grow in listening, learning, and receiving what the Holy Spirit speaks to your hubby, Pastor Ron, as he teaches you and others the Bible? Well, a long time ago, Pastor Ron let me know that he's always my pastor, but he's always my husband. And so I don't get to uh, depart from that. But when I come to church... I've already asked the Lord to make sure that I can still hear from my pastor who happens to be my husband because I know all the good stuff and I know the other stuff. Um, And so um, I want to always listen, be able to listen. So I've I've asked for ears to hear, and um, it's been pretty easy, actually, uh, reading along with him in an open Bible. And because I am a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, when I hear the word being taught and I'm reading along with him, and you guys, if you've you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know I love conviction. But I love conviction because I really, truly do want to be changed. And so um, I've watched my husband over the years. You know, we were before Christ, and now we're after Christ. I've seen the working in his life, and I've seen and feel the working in mine. So I love conviction, and then as the word is being taught, we read the scripture before, 1 John 1, 9, when I'm convicted, I have to say, oh, Lord, I see there's a shortcoming in my life. And so please cleanse me of that and, and help me to be better. Um, pastors are a gift to the church. And a lot of times, and this is how I truly feel, pastors are not only a gift to the church, but you got to remember the pastor's wives and I, we just came back from our retreat. And we all know that our husbands have been called. They are a gift from God. They've been um, empowered by him. Um, and we are the most blessed of women. First Peter 3, for me, is, again, wives, you know, submit to your husband. Just do what God's word says, and um, you'll be blessed. And so for me, it's, I, I see the working in his life. Um, but used to grow in listening, uh, learning, and receive what the Holy Spirit speaks through my hubby, um, 
it's become because he's not I know that he loves God's word he loves Jesus most of all and so that makes it easier for me Paula would you comment briefly on on um, the, the fact that you're here so much I mean you you, you sit uh, front and center all three services on Sunday you're here on Wednesday night and you're here on Friday night and that's in addition to your own Bible studies uh, that you teach and the other ladies teach on Mondays so I mean you, you go through a lot of Bible studies um, um, I have been told that I'm unreasonable asking you to be here for that many services, that that's too big of a burden. Mm. Um, explain kind of the dynamic, what happens when you hear the same message three times on a Sunday as an example, and and and, and why you're here three times on Sunday and mm-hmm. don't miss a Wednesday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you ever said that I had to be here. The only thing you said I had to do was when the ladies, many years ago, when the girls would come to the front door, my our first and second women's retreat, and I was scared to death to go, and I wasn't going, you know? And you said, babe, uh, you, you have to go. I was like, why? I already got the guest speaker. They know where the place is. And, he, she, and you said, but you're the pastor's wife. I was like, yeah, you got a point, he, you know? But after that, I've been fine. But you've never asked me to be at all the services. Um, I don't know if that was just one of those things where it was just, I just want to be here. This is like family reunion. Just a few minutes ago, I saw Pastor Alfredo in the hallway, and I said, it seems like I haven't seen you forever. And I saw him on Sunday. So last night. Oh, yeah, he last night too. Huh? Sitting five feet away from uh, him. Yeah. But it seems like forever when you don't see each other for a while. I haven't seen uh, a few of my friends that I used to get together with on Fridays in a, in a, in like sit down across the table from each other in like almost a month. It seems like forever. And so, but for me, you know, our whole life is about God's glory. Our whole life is about God's glory. And he's given us a testimony of we were like this and now we're not, um, and I want to be here. If I'm not here, because this was, church to me is like family reunion time. And so people come to first service. I get to see them. But I don't want to miss the people in the second service or third service. So I need to be here. And the other dynamic. And, and they need to know that you care. I mean, you know, you can say, well, I come to first service. Well, the second, third service people don't get any benefit from that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just part of your ministry. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned your gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't encourage people if you're not here when they're here. I know. That's just wrong, right? I try to tell the pastors that all the time. It's just that that we've got to be here when the people are here mm-hmm. because it's the only way we can effectively shepherd them. Yeah. And and they need to know they're loved and they're cared for. Mm-hmm. They can't do that in our absence. Yeah. And there's an enemy who's always around trying to mess with things and mess with the unity of the body. So we need to be here. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, where's Pastor Ron's wife? Oh, well, uh, you know, that's not a good... She's home, chilling, maybe cooking or whatever. I can. I even get my clothes ready for Sunday morning on Saturday night. So I don't have that... So I can be ready to be here because it's about the other people. Um, But another dynamic is when I'm taking notes, I leave room in my notes because some of the things you say in first service, you don't say in second service. You say something else. The text is still the same, but the, the people are different. And the Holy Spirit's working through you. That impresses me so much. But how you can start off with the title, Sometimes your intro is even different in second service and third service than it was in first. And I'm thinking, wow, the Holy Spirit's talking to some people different. So I, I leave room in my notes. And the, the other thing is, <laughs> this tells on me, because I used to think back in the day, I used to think, oh, yeah, that's for her. Oh, yeah, I know his story. This is for him. <laughs> you know, and it was like the Holy Spirit one day just kind of tapped think, me on think, the shoulder. I think a lot of husbands and wives do that. Oh, I'm glad he's here to hear this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad she's here to hear this. Uh-huh. And the Lord just said, write the note. Because, you know, I go home and listen and look at my notes later. Sometimes I'll 
I'll re-listen to a study, even though I've been here for all three, whichever one you pick, I get to hear it again. But, um, no, he was kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, all three of these are for you. <laughs> Before I'd be like, oh, that's for her, that's for him, uh-huh. And the Lord said, all three of them have been for you. Pay attention, girl. So, yeah, to listen and learn, growing, you have to grow in listening and learning. You know, because sometimes, uh, you know, when I come to church, I don't know about some of some of you, but I'm here because I really want to be here. But sometimes I'm here and I'm feeling like the biggest hypocrite. And uh, to not come would make me the biggest hypocrite. Um, and so uh, the Lord has a way of encouraging and instructing and cleansing, you know, during the services where I can say, Lord, you know everything. And this message is hitting my heart hard right now. And thank you, because I can, you know, I should have got that taken care of. Like I got my outfit ready for a church on Saturday. I should have taken care of that already. But thank you for this opportunity. So a lot of times, by the time second service comes around and third service comes around, I'm ready. Because <laughs> first service was like stab in the heart. I've seen you crying in first service. Yeah. And then full of joy in second mm-hmm. or third service. So, so uh, it's easy. I, I so appreciate not only that you're willing to do this and that you're eager to do it. It's not like, okay, I'll do it. But but that, that you're eager to, to be here and serve the people that God's called us to love. But, um, you know, if if my whole church were like you, the city would be one for Christ. You know, even when you're out of town, Pastor Ron, I come to all three services. <laughs> Whoever's teaching. When you're in Juan, we're in, in Mexico recently, I'm at church. Yeah, I, the The one thing when you're gone, though, I can sit anywhere I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I move all around the whole church. Paul, there's a question from Gino uh, from our email inbox. It's easy for me to forgive my wife and children, but it's not so easy to forgive family members and friends. Why is forgiveness so important? I understand that God commands us to forgive, but what is the importance of forgiveness for others? Couldn't I just love on my wife and children, forgive them, and be happy? Well, I must say... That sounds way selfish. <laughs> Just because, you know. Gino, nothing personal. We don't yeah, know you. Because I understand that. You live at home with them. And you want that tension to be gone. And so to forgive your wife and children, that's easy. Because you want them to forgive you. That's for sure. And you can live in a house without the tension. Family members and friends. They can just get on your last nerve. And a lot of times, Ron and I have family members who um, they don't want to have anything to do with us either because they've gone on with their lives without us already. And why do they have to put in that effort? And so um, to forgive family members and friends, it's not just for you. It's for God's sake. Forgiveness um, releases you from bitterness and anger, um, and again, we kind of think too highly of ourselves, like <laughs> our family and, and our our wife and children. You know, I love them. They've they're part of me. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe they're sometimes um, making sure that you're okay. Um, so anyway, I just think that for God's sake. He says, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. And don't you want to be forgiven? And he says, um, forgive as I have forgiven you. And so, I, you know, my favorite scripture, and I, I, Gino, I'm so sorry, but then I'm kind of not. But um, Genesis 50:20, 20, um, where Joseph's been so abused, abandoned, rejected, hated, really, by his brothers. Um, And then, you know, later in life, they need him. And he is such a a reflection of Jesus' love. He says, I know you meant it for evil, but God meant it as though God allowed it. He didn't cause your family and friends to be the way they are towards you, but it's been allowed in your life. It's hit your life, and God's allowed it so that you could say, yeah, well, maybe you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, the saving of many lives as it is today. 
And you know what? I understand how hard that is. There's some people in my life that just, ugh. And yet Jesus says, I want you to love them anyway. So, anyway. You know, Gino, a couple of things I'd add to that. You know, we've been given the gift of, uh, or the, the, the ministry, really, of reconciliation. And so what it means when you're unwilling to reach out to others, to forgive them, to extend the grace that God has extended already to you, you're quenching the work of the Spirit in your heart. You know, Romans 5.5 5 says God has poured out his love into your heart by the Holy Spirit that he's given you. And what you're doing is that, that infinite love. You know, we've got a, a, a finite heart and, and, and his love is in our heart. We're putting a cap on it to keep that wellspring of, of love from coming out. When, when we refuse to forgive, when we're focused on our own happiness rather than on the needs of others, um, we are quenching the spirit. And when you're quenching the spirit, fellowship with God is broken off. Now, obviously, you said, I understand that God commands us to forgive, but what's the importance of forgiveness for others? There shouldn't need to be an understanding of what's the importance. God commands it. We call him Lord. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing what our Lord tells us to do, then we're being disingenuous in our walk with Jesus. He says, if you love me, you will do you will obey what me. I command. And, and, you know, Gino, when um, we call him Lord and when we uh, say, oh, I'm so grateful, but we're unwilling to, to love other people, to love and forgive other people, no matter how difficult they are, uh, then we're being disobedient. And if we're being disobedient, we're not in that place where God can pour out his blessings upon us. And let me say this, and I don't mean for this to sound harsh, Gino, but but I think this is something that we all need to understand. You said the the last sentence, couldn't I just love my wife and children, forgive them and be happy? Our walk with Christ is not about you being happy. It's not about your life being easy. It's not about shutting your door and keeping the world outside. It's just the opposite. It's opening your heart and letting the world come in because you have something, someone to share with them. And it's that important for each and every one of us to understand that, that this ministry of reconciliation that we've been given is not a suggestion, it's a command. And Jesus, again, Paul has said, if you love me, you will obey me. And basically what you're saying, if, if it's all about you being happy, why can't I just forget the people that are difficult? Jesus said, well, I didn't forget you. Do you know, he would say, you're difficult. I'm telling you to do this. You call me Lord, and yet you're unwilling to do this, or at least you're you're sort of complaining about having to do it. Uh, I'm grateful that you can easily forgive your wife and children. I think that's a great thing. Um, as a leader of your home, you've got to walk that fine line between being the spiritual head of the household and being an eager forgiver. So it's not overlooking things. I think that's one of the things that we need to remember is forgiving people isn't overlooking the things that they do. Because sin has to be dealt with, whether it's in the, in the home or outside of the home. But we need to remember and have this heart that says, I want everybody in the world to have what I have. We have a, 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 a bunch of bumper stickers here, Gino, given to us by my friend Gail Irwin. Uh, I'm going to recommend this book to you in a moment. So, um, um, But the, the bumper sticker is just one word. It says, Others. And if we do the others, if we really and truly understand that that the uh, focus of our ministry is other people, that's when we're truly being more like Jesus. So, Gino, it's about other people. Let me suggest a book for you. And if, Gino, you can't find it, um, um, give us the same email inbox that you had. Give us a contact number for you, and, and we'll get you one. But it's a book called The Jesus Style by Gail Irwin, G-A-Y-L-E-E-R-W-I-N. Uh, he is a dear, dear friend of mine. And um, what we need to do in our lives, Gino, is have a Jesus-style ministry, a Jesus-style lifestyle and Jesus is all and only about others. So please, it's not about your happiness. You truly can't be happy apart from being obedient to the Lord. This is about you representing Jesus to the people in your life. So I hope that makes some sense. Paula, we had a call in from Ronnie to the studio as well. And Ronnie said, Pastor Ron, what's your perspective? And from a scriptural 
And from a scriptural perspective, what does it mean to be born again? Ronnie, this is a pretty easy question. Uh, in, in John chapter 3, Jesus is engaged in dialogue with Nicodemus. It ends, or at least in the middle of it, is is the most famous of all Bible verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes would not perish, but have everlasting life. And prior to that, he told him on two occasions, you must be born again. And what it means to be born again is that you've got to die to you so you can live for Christ. Life can't be about you. I said that to Gino a moment ago. I said it yesterday to Brad, who gave his life to Jesus. Uh, Life can't be about you. Your life has to be about whatever God's agenda is for you, whatever God's plan for you is. And being born again simply means that you agree with God that your life no longer is to be lived for your own purposes or for your own satisfaction, but your life is to be lived for the glory of God. And you say, I surrender my heart and my will, and I want what you want for me. My life is no longer my own. It now belongs to you. And that's what it means to be born again. Ronnie, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that Jesus, when he was saying this to Nicodemus, was was fully aware that Nicodemus was the most famous Bible teacher in Israel. He was the most religious man in Israel, and Jesus was basically saying, you know, all of your religion, all of your obedience to the law, none of it matters. What matters is your heart. And so, Ronnie, that's what it means to be born again. Now, I trust that you're still listening, Ronnie, and so let me say this. If you want to give your heart to Jesus today, if you want to be born again, it'll be the best decision you ever made. And all you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ is God. He he came to earth in the form of a man. He proved he was God. When they killed him, he didn't stay dead, just as he predicted, just as the scriptures before him predicted. Then accept his forgiveness for your sins. Ask him to forgive you and believe that he really wants to and that when you ask, he's forgiven you. And then the rest of it is surrendering your heart to him. Then you are born again. And the family uh, has just increased by one. We're one member closer to, to <laughs> Jesus coming for us. And all you have to do, Ronnie, is is say, okay, Jesus, every day, it's not my life anymore. It's yours. What about me and what about today? And uh, you, your life will embark on an adventure, Ronnie, that is more marvelous than I can even begin to imagine. Mm-hmm. So, Ronnie, I hope that makes sense to you. Being born again simply says, I now live for Jesus, not for him. Remember, Ronnie, uh, the book, The Jesus Style by Gail Irwin, uh, if you want it. Um, or, or no, that was for, for Gino. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but if you want the boogie too, Ronnie, you can get it. <laughs> That's great. Well, we're You've always been that generous, man. <laughs> we're inside four minutes now, Paula. So, Proverbs 11.25. You know, um, just because we were talking about prayer and with Gino's uh, question to um, be very specific in confessing your sins, well, to hold on to unforgiveness is a confession. But um, our disobedience is a refusal to obey. And so uh, repent of that and uh, be honest with the Lord, not covering over the true condition of your heart, because God really wants to hear from you. And, uh, repentance, of course, is needed. Like I was saying, last night was such an encouraging um, message because it kind of, if we will let it, reboot our our prayer life. And Daniel, who didn't even have any sin uh, recorded, said he just owned the sin and accepted the consequences of the sin without whining and justifying. Um, and I wrote myself a note, God has let me know the rules. We all know the rules, just like our friend Gino, our brother Gino. He knows the rules of forgiveness. And um, I'm really proud of you, Gino, for calling in and asking that question, because I think you already knew the answer, but it's better to hear it um, from somebody. And then the fifth one on the list was acknowledge that even while I put myself, even while I was sinning, that God was convicting me. That's why sometimes when I'm in first service, you see me crying, Pastor Ron, because I'm getting convicted 
of a little bit of an attitude that I I might have had, and um, I'm letting that go. Though I'm not, you know, sometimes I have to do that over and over again. But um, acknowledging who I'm praying to is six. Remember to whom you are praying and what God has done for me already. You know, the the fact that um, Gino could forgive his wife and his kids, that may have been a big step as well. And so you're on your way, Gino. That's awesome. Um, and But trust in God. He does not want our fellowship broken. And then everything you said, the number seven, is everything you ask for received by faith. Um, and it says, Lord, turn your wrath away from me. I blew it, but you can fix it. So don't hide from God. He already knows. Um, and like you said already, get over yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Gino, let me encourage you and, and anybody else who struggles with forgiving people. Um, listen to last night's study. Go to calvaryessay.com. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, um, watch it. Listen to it. That way you don't have to look at my face, but but uh, <laughs> listen to it. And, and, and really wrestle with the, the question, and this is where you need to go. Lord, why don't I want to do the hard thing and forgive people? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's in my heart that is keeping me from representing you rightly to a world that needs you so desperately? I love what you say. You always say, when you begin to pray for people, God changes your heart towards them. He does. Hey, that's all for today. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.